we're gonna we're gonna have a little bit of fun. Uh, Joe, I'm glad you wore your shorts, man. I was kind of yes. feeling a little bit insecure about that, but we're good. Both wearing shorts. You're on the edge. We we were talking about you the other night. A few of us guys had a little uh, little time with some gourmet snacks that Susie made and some fine drinks, and your name came up, so you're invited next time. Just letting you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, just to get gourmet snacks sounds good. I had two two um, two very spiritual thoughts about this today uh, while I was being spoiled by my family, and um, the first one was these two guys have a really good beard. And, and I, I should probably work on my beard game, but I, it's, I did, it was looking really good a few months ago, and then I kind of trimmed it down a little too much. Did you regret it instantly? Well, I, I feel, feel it now, because you two guys are here. The second the second's a little bit more spiritual. Everything's spiritual, right? But the uh, second spiritual thought... Especially beard. I'm gathering it. I'm gathering it. It's come back. Okay, we're on track. Second spiritual thought was genuinely this. Um, I was being really spoiled by my family today. Thanks, fam. And um, I just, I just, it kind of came up again in, in worship, you know, when we were seeing how God goes ahead of us, prepares a way for us. And I was just thinking, God has really spoiled me. And, um, you know, I was, I was finding my way and uh, I, I got saved at 18, but at 18, the Lord brought me into his family and, you know, started to teach me and he could, he could have left me, uh, but he didn't. And he t- I brought nothing to God. I brought nothing uh, nothing but wrong things, and he he got me and put me in his family, and uh, I'm I'm amazed I'm a dad, and and I love it. So kind of cool to be sat here with these two dads. What we're gonna do um, in praise of God is just to, I'm gonna ask these guys a couple of questions um, about the fatherhood of God, and um, and so we'll just talk for a few minutes. It's gonna be pretty short, pretty pretty short and sweet. And, um, and what I want to invite you to do is make it, make it like a meditation on the, the fatherliness, on the gracious goodness of your Father in heaven who went ahead of you and made way for you. He moved things out of the way. He, he laid mountains low and, uh, and brought you into his family and is still bringing you to the table day by day, laying a table before you in the presence of your enemy. So make it a meditation. And, um, and, and I expect that God will, God will stir our hearts. So I'm going to ask a couple of questions. Here we go. And then I'll ask you guys to pray for us briefly. And, um, and, then, uh, and then I'll just lead us in a little devotional in Luke 11. Okay, here we go. Good? Any, yeah? Any preambling thoughts? Those are already preambled for three, all three of us. Yeah, I think you took it off. So. Thanks, man. Thanks for wearing shorts today. Stu. Um, <laughs> Okay, Stu, a couple of questions. So here's what we've got is I, I want to know how, how your little ones have taught you about the fatherhood of God. So you've, you've got your two babaroos running around. You must think about it a lot. Share your heart with us, bro. Nice, easy subject there. <laughs> He's a Brit. Well, you know He's that British. You're, British. I'm confused because I was born in South Africa. I moved to England when I was 11. And then when I was 25, I moved here and I've spent eight years here. So... When I speak to Joe, I'm going to be like, Joe, do you want to go down to the beach, grab some water, hit the waves, <laughs> you know, and then I'm going to turn to uh, Dan and I'm going to go back to my English accent. So don't yes. be, <laughs> and sure. then I'll talk to Dana like this, South African style. So <laughs> I am confused. So my accent's going to move around, but just try and stick with me. You know, you're a dad when uh, you're sitting at the front of the church and your wife is at the back going. <laughs> 
Where's his dummy? That's sign language. For, and, and dummy is an English word for pacifier. It's dummy nipple. So, fake nipple. There's, there are all kinds of learnings today. All kinds of learnings. Sorry, I'm just preempting here. It's good. Um, when it's they a good asked, warm up. <laughs> when they asked us, <laughs> they said, Stu, can you speak on uh, how being a dad has taught you about the father heart of God? I was like, my oldest kid's 18 months old. Like, I just made him like last year. You know, like, <laughs> I haven't learned that much yet. <laughs> but I thought I'll, I'll come in as the wet behind the ears example of, of learning. Um, Love it. Okay, now we'll get serious. Love it. Just warming you guys up. Good. Warming myself up here. I feel warm. The father heart of God. When Leander was born, who's my oldest, who's a boy, I remember um, getting him home and the first few evenings, there's a lot of holding and nursing and rocking to sleep, and they feed and sleep and feed and sleep around the clock. So there's a lot of holding, falling asleep. And I remember there were a few moments yeah, where I uh, held him, and I just would speak my feelings towards him, to him. And I know that he couldn't understand language yet, but I would just sit and say to him, I love you. You'll always have a place here. You'll always belong. This will always be your home. Hmm. Nothing you could ever do will change my heart for you. And hmm. those were really special moments because I thought, here I am imitating just a drop of what God hmm. says that he feels for us and how he feels towards us. And it was beautiful to have a very tangible, very real situation in my life where not only do I get to comprehend that father heart of love but I get to feel it a little way I get I get to channel it God's father heart love I get to channel it towards my son mm -hmm. and so the first thing that I think being a dad has taught me about God is this component of unconditional love and just realizing I said to my son yesterday, actually, he was in the car with me, and he's starting to understand language a bit more, but I say to him, I love you, like, a hundred times a day. I think, hmm. I think he doesn't fully know what it means, but because um, he, he says it back a lot, but it's really, really cute. Um, but I was saying to him in the car, I love you, boy, I love you. And then I said, do you know why I love you? And, uh, I mean, he probably said something funny. I don't know. He probably said horses because that's why he's, he's obsessed with horses right now. Every, the answer to everything is horses. Um, but I said, no, I love you because you're my son. I love you be just because of who you are. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter where you go. I love you because of who you are, because I made you. And that's, that's the beating heart of God towards us. It doesn't, his, his heart wow. is towards us because of our identity, not because of our performance, not because of our grades, not because of our good mm. or bad. This leads in perfectly into the next thing that I feel like I've started to learn about the heart of God, which, you hear my accent going American mm. there? Yeah. Mm. I can't clock that. Dan, just, just, just bring, check me down. Bring you back. Um, <laughs> is obedience. Mm. And in direct relationship and an interesting relationship and, and a tension between unconditional love is this concept of obedience where it's very pleasing to me as his dad when he is obedient and compounded into that is this idea of um, the parameters that God has placed in life or like his design for our lives and 
we've called it lots of different things, moralities, the law, ethics, um, obedience, Christianity, uh, whatever it is. Yeah. And I'm just struck now as a dad about how impacting it is to me when he's obedient versus disobedient mm. and how it makes me feel. And the, the, the parameters and the kind of the intelligent design that God, God has created us for a certain thing, right? He's created us in a specific way and then he's given us his law and he's given us this blueprint of how humans are best going to flourish. And he asks us to be obedient to that in a basic, basic way. And now it happens through relationship and it happens through learning and growth. And I don't expect that Leander is gonna be able to understand and obey everything I say to him, but it's an important thing. Mm. And as a dad, I, I say those things to Leander and I say, you'll always have a place here. I'll always love you, but I, I really want you to be obedient too it would bless my heart so much more for you to be obedient. Like, and we know that God is full of grace, but I feel challenged as a dad of a son to a, a renewed obedience to dad, to father. Mm. And it's because he knows what's good for me. When I say to Leander, don't touch that thing, it's hot, it's gonna burn your hand. I know what's gonna happen if he does that wrong thing. Mm. He does not. And so many times, <laughs> scripture and the law god his plan for us he knows what's good for us what's not good for us and he says don't do this thing do this thing live in this way and i'll bless you live in this way and uh and it will go well with you mm -hmm. don't do these things it's not going to go well because he knows he knows the design he made it mm -hmm. and so there's always that unconditional love but it's not to be taken for granted and it's not to be abused it needs to go hand in hand with obedience that is formed in the, the, the safety of relationship. And that's my last point, mm. is relationship. Mm. Um, I realize that with, and I'm speaking a lot about Leander because Delta's four months old, so she's still like just, <laughs> she can't communicate, she can't do much, so. <laughs> I've learned that <laughs> children are really cute through Delta, um, and that sleep is, a beautiful <laughs> thing. Let it all out. Let it all out. Just <laughs> enjoy your sleep while you have it, kids. <laughs> Hold him. Catch him, Joe. <laughs> um, relationship. Mm. Uh, it, it requires intentionality. It requires mm. time. It requires a moving towards on both parts. And yeah. I think the questions that were posed this evening, I've obviously processed very through through very personal lenses of unconditional love obedience and relationship but they've all challenged they, i feel like they've they've challenged me in thinking leading up to thinking about this evening in that if we want relationship with this father god who is always outputting an unconditional love and who has this blueprint plan for our life to flourish and who we can walk in obedience to in the safety of relationship we have to make time for that relationship mm. and we have to invest in that relationship and we have to, there has to be a moving toward because Leander can always be my son, but it would break my heart if he never made any time to talk to me and it would break my heart if he never wanted to hang out with me. He just wanted to come and mm -hmm. get his allowance and then mm -hmm. 
go hang out with other people. Or mm. he, worse, he wanted to come get his allowance mm. and then go do the things that I had asked him not to do. Mm. That does would he, break my heart. Does he get an allowance already? Yeah, That's yeah, he has the new iPhone. Um, <laughs> Joe, yeah. shut this down. <laughs> shut it down quick. He's very frugal, though. He's been very responsible with his, with his allowance. Well, blessings to him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's actually really, really smart. He's going to run circles around us. I got to get that obedience thing like done before before he's ten or something. So, yeah, before, it, he, before he understands his power, um, yeah, relationship. Mm. I I really want uh, I want relationship with my boy. Mm. I I get to the weekends now and I want to hang out with him. You know, mm. it's like there are some times where I have the option to go and do something else on my own all day, and I'm like, no, I I want to be with him. I know it's chaos and it's frustrating and it's like. Ah, it gets crazy, but I'm like, my heart is drawn to you. I, I want to build relationship with you. And just to think if that's, if, if that little feeling that I have towards him is like a little indicator of how God feels towards us, I just think, man, it must yeah. just delight his heart when yeah. we step into his presence and we say, mm-hmm. hey, morning, mm. dad, what do you mm. want to say today? What are you doing? What yeah. are you saying? It must just be like, whew, mm. like joy to his mm. heart as, as our heavenly father. So. Mm. Unconditional love, obedience, and relationship. That was rich. That's cool. Let's give him a hand. Thanks, Stu. It was awesome. Thankfully, you're following Stu. So, yeah. so that's good. Just so you know, Stu is like, but, uh, I have nothing to offer. I just we're done. Let's, let's go. And now I'm like, okay. <laughs> let's start. <laughs> that was good. Thanks, Stu. Yeah. Love, I love your love for your, your kids. Thank you for sharing that. And it is just a shadow of your Heavenly Father's love for us. Like you said, love it. Joe, how has fathering helped you understand Father God? Yeah, I, I think about this almost all the time. Um, I became a dad pretty young, and so... Uh, thankfully, God's had lots of time to work on my heart, and Stu's had 18 months and pretty much has it mastered, and I'm 22 years in, and I'm like still getting the basics over here, but I, I think a couple things are stand out to me. One would just be God's delight in me and who that makes me because of that, and I, I, I didn't have a fantastic relationship with my dad. It was interrupted by some family trouble, and... Um, I've realized that's a bit of a missing piece in my heart, that I have this sort of constant longing for something better or more in that way. But God has been so kind to me, even in these last few years, to teach me who I am um, because of who he is and his mm. delight for me. And it's been through even just dealing with the kids. All kids have like little hiccups here and there and just little things, as you guys all know, because you're all children. Um, and it just isn't perfect, but when, when there's a mistake or a, a, a rebellion or a lie or a, a cheat or a steal or something or a, a mistreatment of a sibling or any of those kinds of things that are just normal because we're sinful by nature, it's so funny because my heart towards my kids is just delight, delight, delight. And the discipline part I kind of hate because I just want to like love on them and love on them and love on them. But I know that they need corrections so that they stop doing those things. And I just, 
have kind of always functioned probably with a bit of like a performance mentality. Like if I do this, God will love me more. If I do that, you know, God will accept me better. And it wasn't conscious at all. I didn't even think I had that. But I think I got into my adulthood and realized like, wow, I'm trying to perform to get God to like me. Mm -hmm. And God showed me through my love for my kids, even at the worst moments, um, that I just absolutely delight in them no matter what they're doing. Mm. If they just lied to me, if they just cheated or stole or mistreated or told me they hate me, which has happened, um, that my heart just overflows with love for them, <laughs> with absolute, complete care, concern, um, mm. just as Stu was talking about, and just delight. Mm. And that's taught me, I think being a dad has taught me how to be a son. Mm. And I kind of... Yeah. You know, you sort of like wish you could go back and do it over because I'm like, okay, now I get how to be a son. Mm. And being a father has taught me to, how to be a son, um, to the Lord particularly, wow. how to receive his love and how to walk in who he meant me to be, not rooted in any kind of performance or anything, but just in his delight for me and what he has for me. I'll probably stop there. I love that. That was, my, that was so good. That was kind of my second follow-up is what, what have you learned about yourself through fatherhood, and you delivered that really well in terms of teaching you about being a son to your father. I got one, one more follow-up, Joe. What are the, some of the biggest surprises of fatherhood? Maybe something you just weren't expecting. It might be kind of in some of what you, you already said, but maybe there's something else you could kind of touch on for us. Yeah, I, well, this one's not super spiritual, but I think the fact that they're not gonna be like you. <laughs> For some reason, I had this default expectation that when the children come out, and my first was a boy, and I think you just think, oh yeah, he's, just, he's, he's gonna be like me. He's like, you know, chip off the old block. And pretty soon, you realize they're not. They are a unique human being requiring unique care, and they don't have your brain or your emotions or your past, and they're just unique. But um, surprises. I know when I wrote this question down, I had some things in mind which are escaping me. And Lord Jesus, help. That's fatherhood, moments. man. That's fatherhood, yes. just so everyone knows. It just goes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> fatherhood and head injuries, you know, it's really good for you. They come, um, they come hand in hand. Doesn't everyone want to be a dad now? Um, surprise. I love it. Sorry, man. No, I'm no. failing you in this moment. No, not at all. Not at all. I, um, let, me, let me draw this little section to a close by kind of echoing what both of you guys said that has surprised me about fatherhood, and, I'll, and then I'll ask both you guys just to kind of pray for us in this moment, is um, Stu said this, and, and Joe said this as well, and um, season by season, I've been surprised that my, um, my, my kind of yearning for my kids and uh, affection for them, uh, it, it surprises me sometimes, because you, you think of yourself as a, as a guy that loves, you love your family, you love your kids, and then sometimes that love is, is just sheer agony. They don't, nothing has to even necessarily have gone wrong, uh, but somehow you just so, so, so want them uh, to do well. You know, walk with God, have friends. Like, you know, nothing, nothing has to be a devastating situation necessarily for you to feel like that, and you're, you're kind of like, you're on the floor, and I don't think you need to be, have been a dad very long, and you like feel like the strength leaves your body, and you're, lit, you're, you're on the carpet, and you just, 
It's like anguish, it's agony, and you kind of like lift your head to God and you realize, I can't do this, but God, you have to have them walk with you, walk in the truth. You have to bring them into your family, you know, raise them up, and you're so surprised at it. And then because you're human, um, sometimes you kind of just move on, get a snack, and feel better about about things. But it's there. Is it a gourmet? Snacks are important. You'll have to uh, wait till you got to get the invitation. Come <laughs> up. And, um, and, uh, and then, Stu, you said this. Joey touched on it as well. This is, this is barely a flicker of the, of the uh, I think G.K. Chesterton calls maybe C.S. Lewis, the furious longing of God for his children. Is, it doesn't end. It doesn't stop. He'll never, never become bored of pursuing you and longing for you and dancing over you and, and just chasing you and just God, the, the son sits at the right hand of the father in intercession that's his whole ministry right he's praying for you right now you were snoring last night and he was in prayer for you in intercession for you father father god you 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 can't let her become any more discouraged father and the dad says, you, you, you got it, son. And he just, son keeps praying. And my boy, he's, father, he's, he's got he's, he's to be rescued from this. You know how Jesus talks about Peter, you know, Satan wanted to sift you like wheat. Sounds bad, whatever that is. And then Jesus follows with, nevertheless, I've prayed for you. And that's his ministry to you, longing of the son that just displays the father's longing for you continually, and as a dad, an imperfect, frail dad with all kinds of frailties and blindness, you just kind of have that bubble up from time to time, and the mums, of course, and you know, it's just like pure agony, and your kids don't understand it, and that's where you kind of like mutter under your breath when you're about 35, and you've got kids, you'll know, and you just kind of walk down the corridor to get that snack. But God longs over you. Now, you know, you, the, these guys, and the final, final thought is, um, I remember this passage, um, thinking in Song of Solomon. So you've actually got the bride and the groom. Nevertheless, it's a revelation of God and powerful one. And, um, and God expresses there, just, just one look from your eyes makes my heart beat faster and faster. And you just, like one of my kids just has to, you know, call my name or say they need help or just like look at me and I'll just ignore everyone around me and I'll just, yeah, what, what do you need? What's going on? You know, I, and I don't really care if, you, if someone else is talking to me. I'm just going to give them attention and find out what they need and, and God is infinitely more so. Can you imagine that? Just right now, your heart, go to God and say, God, Dad, Abba, I love you. Can you imagine the divine heartbeat? <laughs> It's just like, yeah, what do you need? What are we doing? Will you guys just pray for us in this moment? Stu, do you want to start? Heavenly Father, Father, I thank you that you have chosen to reveal yourself as Father. Thank Thank you so much. And... I'm just excited that that is your leading attribute, that you are a God of family who has designed creation to be connected and to be in communion with each other, to be family. Mm. And there's something so beautiful and safe about it. Yes, it's complex. Mm. Yes, it can be challenging, but it's the most beautiful way. And... um, 
We just thank you that you have revealed yourself to us as a dad. Mm-hmm. And I ask that you would help us in our humanity and our frailty and our individualism and especially in the, the time and the place that we find ourselves, our individualism, our consumerism, our mm-hmm. distraction. I pray that you would help us to get around and over and through those distractions and find you as father in that quiet place of relationship so that we can know and experience and receive that unconditional love that is always pouring out from your heart and that that would change us in the depths of our being so that we could live lives that are obedient and pleasing to you because God as a dad now all I want to do and we sang it tonight I just want to move your heart. I just want to please your heart. I want you, I know that you're always going to love me. I know that you always accept me when I come to you. But I want to go beyond that and we want to go beyond that. We want to please you, God. We want to rest in that deep, unconditional love, knowing that through grace and faith and by Jesus, we are saved and brought into this family and grafted in. And we are now sons and daughters of the Most High and nothing can change that. But we want to rest Amen. in that. Let that be our starting point, Jesus. And let that be the point from which we go beyond and we start to please your heart. We start to lock into that relationship, start to delight in you as you delight in us. Yes. And the beauty of family and communion and that back and forth brings life, not just to us, not just to you, but to the world around us. Mm. And so, God, I pray that this church would understand family you would understand father heart of god yeah and that it would be a core tenet that we understand that we comprehend that we live into Mm. and in that god may there be healing of broken hearts may there be securing of the insecure yeah may there be restoration of those Mm. who have been uh bankrupted and robbed by the enemy yes because there's nothing mm. that is more calming and grounding and anchoring than the deep and unwavering love of Father God. Mm. And so I just pray in your mercy and your grace yeah. that you would enable yes. us to understand it and to grasp it, Jesus. Yes, Lord. We love you and yes, we Lord. respect you and we appreciate you yes, and we, we glorify you, you. Praise you. In Jesus' name. Yes, Dad. Dad. Heavenly Dad. Abba, Daddy. Abba, Father. God, I just thank you that you hear all my cries. Yes. That you don't ignore no. me. I thank you that I'm your beloved son. Amen. That I, that I delight you somehow. Your delight is in me, that I'm the apple of your eye, that you've created me to be your son, that you love me just because you made me. And God, I just thank you that you are attendant to all of my wants and needs and desires the condition of my heart. You have a close watch on my mind and my heart, mm. and you are so faithful to discipline mm. me. Mm. You are so thankful to discipline me with love, um, to bring pain or resistance into my life to teach me. But God, that you hear the desires of my heart and you long to meet them, like I do at Christmas with my children or their birthday or any time, when they ask and really want something, my heart just wants to give it. <laughs> just want to give it to them. And I thank you that how much more, because you're a perfect father, do you want to give us 
what we want and yeah. need. And God, I thank you that you are changing me, that you delight in me, that you have the end in mind, that you are attentive to the condition of my heart and able to write my story in such a way that it leads to fully glorifying you. Mm. An amazing thing. So God, we just cast our weakness at your feet. God, we thank you for your kindness and your goodness to us. God, we thank you for your faithfulness thank you. and for your accessibility. You are just always there thank you, Father. and a prayer thank away. You, God, teach us. We yeah. love you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 I want to just want to transition in this moment to a little, little devotional, Luke 11. But can we please give these guys some love? Thanks, Stu. Hugs? All right. Show me the way of the beard, and I'll teach you English again. <laughs> stay, stay with me. I'm going to be, be like five minutes, but um, this, this is a devotional because it's five minutes, and so I suppose you don't call it a sermon. But the, the, the design of, of talking about God, no, not the design, the... Um, the thing about uh, talking about the Lord and, and truth is, um, is actually the Lord stands l- like before his people. The Lord teaches his people. God is, is he's guiding his sheep and, and training and teaching you all the time. He doesn't stop. We're called sheep. For a good Californian, a little derogatory, a little smelly, I know, but I'm going with the Bible. So you're the sheep. God never stops. The shepherd, he's on form. And we're changed on the spot and in, in, the, in the teaching of God's Word. I just want to give you this, this passage in Luke 11, where Jesus gives a, a revelation of the, the fatherhood of God. And it says in Luke 11, and, and I just want to urge you, before we move on with anything else, um, I want to urge you to kind of ponder and consider the fatherhood, fatherhood of God, what God your Father is showing you in this passage and it opens up, I'll just give you the first verse, actually technically two. It just opens up here where it says, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us. And the thing he was asking is, teach us to pray. And then it says here in verse two, and he said to them, When you pray, say, Father. And then you're probably familiar with the passage, how he goes on with the Lord's Prayer. But this is a scene where Jesus is actually exhausted from ministry. And he had been, he had been observed and watched as in his humanity. He tried to get to a lot of people, and he got to some, and a lot of things happened, but he's really worn out. And there's, there's not a lot left. And it's kind of interesting, isn't it, how we've been talking a lot lately about the humanity of Christ, the humanity of Jesus, because it's kind of, kind of unnerving a bit that he would be exhausted, that he would be so tired at times that he'd fall asleep. And this is one of those scenes where he's exhausted from ministry, and he wants to be alone, and he, and he tries to find this quiet place to pray, and his, his disciples notice his absence in some way, and they go about looking for him. And so you get the sense in this passage, like they really, really want to know something, this something, this, they, they want this secret 
from Jesus. And they're looking for him, and they're in the Kidron Valley, and they're trying to find him. And they find him eventually, and he's there, and he's on the ground. He's mute. They can't, they can't see what's happening. They can't hear what's happening. They, can't, they don't really understand what's happening. But there's something about the son's relationship with the father that you can see in this passage that there's something they find in, irresistibly attractive. And it's kind of strange, isn't it? Because he's just exhausted from ministry, and he's on the ground, and he's motionless. So what is it that's so captivating? Well, there's something about it where they had never seen a man pray quite like Jesus prayed. They'd never seen a man be with another this way, be with God in private this way, in uh, the secluded place. They'd never seen somebody quite go away and say, like, I, I, I don't, I don't want to be with you right now in some ways. It's just pretty literal. Like, I, we're not going to keep praying for people right now. We're not going to keep doing things right now. We're not going to keep talking right now. I'm done cooking fish for you on the beach right now. I'm going away. And they're just trying, they, they're trying to find him and find him. And he's there. He's motionless. And, and they look at him, and it's just something so intriguing, so startling. And they make this request of him that we see right here in Luke 11. And they say these words, will you teach us this, whatever's going on? Will you teach us to pray? And at that moment is, comes this revelation. At that moment, Jesus, Son of God, reveals this, this massive revelation. It's like it's a first in all of history. At that moment, he reveals to all of us in, in, in all places, every continent, people of every age and every generation, the fatherhood of God. Now, it's not as shocking to you and I because we talk about fathers and, and, and we talk about God, our Father. But this was not a common conversation. And so the, these words were, were revolutionary. These, these Jewish guys around Jesus and these first century guys and the apostles, they had heard of the greatness of God and the grandeur of God. They had, they had read through the Psalms. They had memorized the Psalms. They, had, they, they, they knew you, in the presence of God you'd cry, holy, holy, holy. And there's that, that, that thing in, in kind of Hebraic literature where you see things three times. It's like a, a threefold emphasis on something. So God is infinitely holy. We get it. And we know about Moses because when Moses met with God, it was amazing. He took his sandals off. He talked with God. We've heard some people say, our fathers have said, he met somehow with God face to face. Sounds kind of crazy because all we actually heard from mom and dad and grandma and grandpa was there was a bush and it was burning with fire. And then when Moses came down, and you remember the movie, right? Four hours long, Charlton Heston, gray beard. <laughs> Nobody, just the old guys in the room and Ben. You've got to watch this stuff, man. You've got to find in like, the thrift store the VHS thing and get a cassette tape. You don't know what I'm saying. And uh, so when in the movie he comes down and he's gray and his beard's longer. But that, so, okay, so the greatness of God and the bigness of God. And then you've got, you got the prophets and you've got Jeremiah. And he sees so far into the future. And you maybe get a hint of the fatherhood of God. And you do get a mention, but it's not a big conversation. And you get prophets like Ezekiel and you kind of have these massive revelations and these things like wheels within wheels. And you're like, wow, what, what is that? And then Daniel comes along and... And like, you know, his, his buddies, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they're in the fire. And then there's a fourth one, like a son of the gods. And it's like, whoa, a son, what does that mean? And you just kind of have these kind of little, little reflections. 
But for, for the first time in all of history, Jesus shows up on the scene and he says to these Jewish guys who kind of were full of ritual and, and full of just the form of religiosity where, you know, where the guy would get the scrolls out of the back of the synagogue and it'd just be kind of over and over. And Jesus comes along and he says, this is what's happening to me, in me and with me when you see me leave. And you're so intrigued and you're so attracted by it. And they were and they looked into his eyes and what they saw was a son being fathered. And that's the revelation Jesus gives for the first time. This sets off a bomb in all of history. And that's why it can never be samey-samey for you when you and I go, Dad, Abba. And Jesus reveals this to, to, to these, these men and women that saw the bigness of God. And you even get philosophers who don't, don't know the gospel kind of talking about God as the big God, the unmoved mover. And Jesus comes along and says he's Father. And I want you to just think of the, as we kind of kind of draw this to a close. Think of all the mothers and fathers in the world in, in, in our little devotional right now, our little meditation. Think of like if, the, not the bad ones, not the, not the auntie that was really spicy, like the good ones with me, you get it, right? Think of, think of the good dads and the good moms and, and I remember my uncle, he bought me batteries for my remote control car, just stuck with me forever and ever. And I was learning to play guitar and he kind of bought me some stuff for the guitar, just cool. Think of those things that were cool with family. All the goodness, all the kindness, all the wisdom, the fidelity, the generosity, the strength, the love, and, and unite all those things in one person, and that person isn't even a faint shadow of the love of your God who is not like a father, but he is your father, your dad. He's more a dad than I am. I know I'm a dad because we we've got a, like a really old scratch Toyota SUV. We, climb into it, we need all the seats, and I have kids in my house, and we go to BJ's Pizza, and the waiter comes along, makes a huge mistake of saying you'll need two pizzas, and I'm like, you don't understand, I've got Charles here, and he, so we ordered more, and he'll just eat the entire pizza, so I know dad stuff, but my God is more of a dad than me, not like a father, he is your father, he's your father. So this revelation comes along, it's like no other religion, it's like no other belief system. And this is what Jesus teaches here, the God who Moses meets at the burning bush, the God who speaks the world into to creation at the very beginning, the one who throws constellations into the sky and says, there's the Pleiades, there's the bear, the one that goes into the storehouse of the deep and fashions snowflakes with his own hands and says, I'll drop this one here and I'll drop this one there, the one we were kind of accustomed to that. And, and Jewish heritage is, but Jesus says, the way you approach your God is with baby talk. Abba, Daddy. I was at a, at a Passover meal, finally, final thing. And my um, dad's side of the family is Jewish. And um, dad's not super, super Jewish. He's kind of medium Jewish, but he has family, <laughs> family members that are... Like, not Orthodox Jewish, but some of his family members super Jewish. So, so growing up, we'd get, mom's Catholic, but that's a different story for right now. So we'd go to uh, Passover, and, you know, we'd do, do all the cool stuff. And, um, and my uncle uh, would... Um, uncle Maya, almost forgot. He, he, did, he did these readings, and as a kid, I didn't understand much at all. And there'd, there'd be, well, especially when you get handed bitter herbs, it's like, what, this, this is horrible, this t what, what are we doing? But, but in hindsight, I look back at those wonderful times, 
And, um, and so the, in, I have this wonderful memory of um, a guy, I don't know this guy, maybe he's a, he's a cousin, I don't know, he's a guy, this dad, and he is an Orthodox Jew, so he's there, hat, white shirt, scarf thing, phylacteries, I think, uh, black, you know, pants, um, ringlet, you know, uncut hair, the side of the face, and he's sat, and he's kind of looking kind of proper uh, with the stuff, and his little boy, maybe three, who knows, um, I don't even know what family member it is, maybe a distant cousin of mine, don't know, runs along, we've been eating all afternoon, and he's, you know, the kid's got food, you know, normal stuff, hands are disgusting, he runs along, leaps into his father's lap, pull, and, and pulls himself up by his dad's beard, that's why I can remember this, I know, and you're thinking, this isn't going to be good, that's going to be painful, and as he's clambering up into his dad's lap, his, the dad's got a white shirt, the, kid, the, the little kid's hands just wipe you know, food, grease, whatever else is on those little hands down his dad's shirt. What struck me was the gentleness and the tenderness in his dad who didn't scold him for yanking the beard or for getting his grubby hands down him and just pulled him close and the kid sticks his thumb in his mouth and all I can hear uh, between me and the thumb of the kid is, is Abba, 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 Abba. And it's the most wonderful picture I could give you, just a faint reflection and a shadow, that your only approach, your only approach, not your sophistication, not your ritual, to kill that ritualism, not, your pro not you s just beating your back for your frailties or sinfulness. None of that has currency with God but baby talk baby talk. So I'll hand over to Tyler, and, uh, and as I do, Tyler, I guess, lead us. Um, I want you to just look at the face of your dad that is seen in the face of Jesus, just for a few moments longer, but do it well. Do it really well for a moment, because it's everything. When they saw Jesus and looked into the eyes of a man John describes him as brighter than 10,000 sunshines. You know where that comes from? It comes from the love of a father who created everything and loves you, created you for purpose. You're going to live with your father forever and ever and ever and ever. Work with him. Live with him. You, the bride, are marrying his son at all of creation's greatest event. You'll be at that table. You'll see the groom his magnanimity and his beauty and his, his ruddy handsomeness and the song of song and the black locks that run down his shoulders. I mean, kind of like David over there, I guess, you know, some handsome guy, but better. And you'll see it be at that table, your enemies destroyed. Every vile, evil thing spoken of you, every howering event, like it was barely a distant nightmare, maybe at best. Your tears wiped away from your face, the hands of a carpenter. And the biggest thing you'll notice is not just the callus. You'll notice these holes right here that bought your redemption. He wanted you and his family. He bought you at a great price. He conversed with his father for eon after eon after eon, millennia after millennia. What was that like? Father, I want, I want him in my family. I, I want her in my family. 
father says to the son, it's going to cost you everything. Dad, I know I'm going to pay the price. I will have to pour all of the penalty upon you. I'm willing to do it. I'll go do it. Can you just even begin to imagine you are loved over?